You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Matt Smith. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 103 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me in my kitchen studio this week is my trusty co-host, Matt. <laughs> trusty, yeah, right, okay. <laughs> rusty. Hello, yes. Uh, hello, everyone. How are we all today? Episode um, 103? 103, yes. We are very all very well. We've got uh, quite a few people in the chat room. We have. And uh, it is the 12th of March. Yes, yes. It's and, coming up to uh, 10 past coming two. Coming up to 10 past two in the afternoon. We've been live for a little while because we went live a bit earlier in the, in the uh, on the U of Tube. We did. Uh, so we've, we've, yes. we've been somehow chatting. we're still late. We're still, well, how somehow did, how we're did still that late. happen? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so we've, we've got uh, quite a few people in the chat room uh, at the moment. Yep. Uh, Marsha's in there. Matty Fair, Paul Tricker, mm-hmm. uh, Micah's in there. Yep. Uh, Dan Hannington's in there as well. Ah, hello, hello to you, Dan. Dan. Hello. Um, going down, going down. David Corson's in there as well. Hello, David. Yep. He was at uh, our hundredth show. Was. He came and yep. saw us at the uh, museum. Yeah. Um, scrolling down. Myla's in there. Hello, Myla. The lovely <laughs> Myla. Um, I'm just going down. Just uh, while sure we're on chat room, room. Uh, while we're, we're on, on chat room, room, bits and pieces, Paul and Trick, while he's uh, just finding other people that we may or may um, not have. Tony uh, S. Tony S. Hello, S. darling. How are you? How are you? Um, he's so, he's so, smooth. so smooth. He's smooth and charming. Um, uh, yes. Uh, whilst we're on that, while, while the show is live, please feel free to tweet us in the studio directly and we can include your tweets uh, live during the show. Yeah. Uh, so if you are on Twitter, then you can send us a message using the hashtag at uh, sorry no not at uh, it's the hashtag PTUK uh, is the, uh, uh, the handle that you need to put in uh, and that message will come to us straight here in the studio and then we can put uh, any messages that you sent us live uh, straight, on the screen straight up on the screen if you are a Facebook user if you go to our page which is Plain Talking UK uh, on there you'll see a comment about the messages and uh, when you've done that you can um, you can if you if you comment on that page I can also pick it up and include it in the screen just like uh, a little while ago the lovely Jenny did exactly that for us and uh, yes here we go there you are see so I can put it up on wow, the screen wow look at that for those of you watching this live in YouTube uh, yeah, land you can see land. your little messages on the screen which is quite Absolutely. nice like so that. yeah so get them coming in yeah uh, actually uh, we've got quite a funny one here that I, I, I think is quite funny because uh, we have What's also that? been experimenting with Periscope today oh we did uh, until my phone until exploded phone actually meant melted essentially uh, and oh, uh, as I, say, I have to say that this kind of made me laugh because it was uh, I'll put it up on the screen for you now so it's from from, from Micah and it said uh, Periscope I thought this was a, a show about aircraft not submarine, submarines torpedoes laws indeed yes never mind uh, <laughs> Carl you look very confused everything alright yeah sorry I'm just um, <laughs> I'm just looking at some messages that come through on the uh, on on, on, on the emails actually all oh, right, okay that's fine they will try and sell me something are they oh you, yeah. do, you do love that you, not, you like phone win. calls along those lines as oh, well no. don't we you we get yes. phone calls as well from the wife yeah <laughs> absolutely right yes. so. so so it has it's been a very busy start to the show yeah we have had a busy start to the show it's, an, it's a lovely day and, it certainly um, is I'm working this evening doing Indeed. a disco, wedding disco. I'm, yep. I'm DJing at yes. a wedding disco. I've already been set up as because I'm wearing my, my company. No, no, Your co- company no t-shirt. Yeah. No promotion at all. <laughs> How embarrassing. Um, no promotion <laughs> at all. We're not going to promote my company at all. Okay. <sighs> right. Honestly. And... Um, once yeah. again, as usual, ladies and gentlemen, I do apologise. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and actually, tonight's wedding that I'm uh, mm. um, DJing at yes. has a, a very special guest indeed, because someone sitting 
there is going to be at the wedding with me. Yes, yes, I'm going. I think we should. Well, I think we should do a joint DJ. No, no, I'm having a night off. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. I've had a busy week. All right. <laughs> so yes, that's that's going to be my, my evening with Matt this yeah, evening. Yes, absolutely. that should be good. Yeah, it's going to be, be fun. good. Good fun. Yeah. And then I'm picking your wife up. And then Matt <laughs> is very good. Very good. He's very uh, nicely picking my wife up, Gemma. Yes. Um, from uh, a night out in in our city. Yes. Uh, not far from us, and yes. um, she'll be drunk and and everything. Yeah, and I, I can't. And I haven't got to put up with it. No, absolutely. <laughs> it's the way forward. It's all right. But I'm very good at that sort of thing. I don't. I don't. I don't do. Um, I, I don't get offended by uh, unpleasant things. Can we Hello. just say? Can we just say on the on the show? Can we just say a massive uh, happy birthday uh, to Philip Davis's wife, who's oh, uh, cool. who's had her birthday today? That's right. in the chat room. Yes. Um, so uh, so all the best uh, uh, to your wife because it's it's her birthday apparently Aww. according to uh, the chat room there. Well, that's good. I know. Well, I, I presume it's correct. Uh, yes. I assume the it's information that arrived yes, in the chat room it. was correct. So it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> very good. Very good. Anyway, enough of this. Enough of this. We're going to start the show then, as we do uh, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready. Yes, yes, I certainly am. Let's go. So kicking off this week's first news story on the thisismoney.co.uk website. As you do. And uh, the headline, Budget Airlines Enjoy uh, Busy February as EasyJet sees a 9.8 jump in passenger f uh, passengers following rises from Ryanair and Wizz Air. So uh, budget airlines are all enjoying a busy February in the run-up to the crucial summer holiday season with EasyJet and Ryanair and Wizz Air posting growth in passenger numbers during the month. Luton-based EasyJet said that today uh, its passenger numbers increased by 9.8% in mm. February to 4.9 million from 4.5 million. Wow. Uh, but it saw a, a slight slip in its load factor, the measure of how full its planes are, for the sec uh, second consecutive month to 90.5% from 90.9% full. On a rolling 12-month basis, EasyJet passenger numbers rose by 7.5% to 70.5 million from 65.6 million. Wow. Uh, meanwhile, yesterday, or earlier this week, uh, Ireland's Ryanair uh, reported a rise in both its customers and load factor for the month. Uh, customer traffic grew 28% year-on-year to 7.4 million from 5.8 million, while its load factor increased by 4% uh, to 93% from 89%. And not to be outdone, on Wednesday last week, Wizz Air also posted growth in both passenger numbers and load factor as well for, uh, for February. The airline, which is focused on Central and Eastern Europe, said its load factor had increased by 2.6% uh, in February to 86.4% from 83.7%, wow. as the number of passengers gr uh, carried grew to 22% to 1.4 million from 1.2 million. Airline travel uh, firms were hit at the back end of last year by a string of terrorist attacks, dampening uh, revenues as people's confidence in flying took a knock. In January, uh, EasyJet said that the spate of terror attacks had uh, hit its revenue for three months to the end of December. During the final months of 2015, EasyJet cancelled 684 flights compared with 468 during the same period a year earlier. Uh, so we can see there, there's a little chart there, uh, EasyJet Easy statistics. I mean, that's what we just said uh, for February. Mm. 
Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, even a load factor in ninety. I mean, ninety percent of an aircraft full. Yeah, you know that, that's not uh, too bad. Matt, smile. Why are you smiling? Yeah, I'm smiling. I'm smiling, and simply because uh, it, uh, Micah has made me laugh. Micah, Micah has made yeah, you laugh. Yeah, the absolutely. main man, yeah, Micah. Yeah, as he says, uh, "Why is it the, na- the, the, the name Whiz Air makes me think of something that that might take place on a Ryanair flight?" Uh, the term <laughs> "Whiz" can often mean something else here, and uh, yes, I think you're right. Actually, oh, but, uh, dear. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Good, uh, good news good. for budget airlines, I think, is the is the best way to describe that. But uh, as we're on the subject, should we move straight on to story number two? Yeah. And yeah, uh, well, story number two, as always, is uh, a Ryanair story because Carl does this to me. But every this is a posh week. one is for you it? this what? week. This a is posh a posh R- Ryanair story. I'm not sure Ryanair and the word posh can go together Well, uh, in the same sentence. You better so, read so it. You better read it. Anyway, this is on the Telegraph, telegraph.co.uk. It's uh, one of the broadsheets here in the UK. And the headline is Ryanair woos business crowd with corporate jet hire service hmm? oh, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm speechless <laughs> okay uh, Ryanair is not the first airline that comes to company executives minds when thinking of flying in style to their next meeting but the no frills carrier is nevertheless launching a private jet service to tap into the lucrative business of travel marketing the Dublin based budget airline has announced that it is starting a corporate jet charter business that offers a customised Boeing 737-700 aircraft for hire the plane features 60 business class reclining leather seats uh, and includes fine dining catering facilities so presumably that's not one of the manky sandwiches that they usually offer you and has a a fine range of up to 6 has a range sorry of up to six hours, making it ideal for private, corporate, sports team or group travel, Ryanair said. While the airline did not give uh, a range of rental rates, it said that the jet is available to hire on a cost per hour basis, which uh, with quotes dependent on the departure and arrival time, uh, airports. And we all, cause I suppose because it can be a lot more expensive to land, for example, mm. at uh, London City than it, than it would perhaps be at Norwich and, and things like that, I guess. Uh, but uh, but then they all, because of that, they can also offer the most comp- competitive rate in Europe. Uh, Robin Keeley, a spokesman for the airline, said uh, that more than 25 million business travellers fly with Ryanair every year, choosing our low fares, unbeatable on-time performance and Europe's largest route network, along with the benefits of our Business Plus service. Now business and group travellers can also enjoy the benefits of Ryanair's corporate jet service as we offer a customised Ryanair Boeing 737-700 for private charter. Ryanair, which is led by the colourful bus boss colourful bus colourful boss Michael O'Leary and is um, known for its marketing and publicity stunts and fellow low cost airline EasyJet have been seeking to boost profits by wooing business travellers in recent years the Irish carrier hopes to tempt executives onto its corporate jet by by promising that passengers will be tended to by its industry leading pilot and cabin crew professionals. Seats will be ranged in a 2 by 2 configuration and will have a 48 inch seat <laughs> pitch. And you're laughing. What's happened? Oh, just reading this, the uh, the comments in the chat room since you've been reading that yes. story. Um, 
So uh, uh, we'd like to say, oh, before we uh, before we make any comments, hello to Jen, uh, yes. Jen Niffer, who's uh, joined us uh, in Jen the Niffer. chat room. Right. <laughs> uh, just tra- trying to find out where Jen is in the, in the world. Um, but no, uh, David has uh, David Corson said that he'd love to hire the jet for a stag do. He's going on in a few weeks' time. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, definitely do That'd that. Be good. Um, that would be amazing. Marsha's yeah. put uh, that she thought the Ryanair fleet was uh, all the eight hundred series, but mm. I I actually thought that until I got um, the latest edition of Airliner World. Uh, which, right. um, yes, Matt yes. Has got okay. the uh, the guide in, which it comes free with this month's mm. with a guide. Uh, like an airline's fleet guide and in there i actually look through the fleet because you know i like everyone assumed they're all 800s but they do have a dash 700 in the fleet and i didn't know that either which i was quite shocked because i kind of normally know pretty much everything there is to do with commercial aircraft as such there but, it is, um, yes. so here we go uh, uh, matt will just look through the ryanair fleet there. he is yes yes i am and, frantically um, looking through and they do actually, yeah. They've got um, they've got some seven three seven dash eights. Yep, all the that ASs, is, yeah. which is what most of them have. Um, but um, yeah, no, no. Oh, Philip Davis has beat us to it. He's already, he? yeah. They've, oh, got, right. they've got they've uh, got one dash seven hundred. It's uh, Echo India Sierra Echo Victor. Uh, it'll probably be at the beginning or the end of their list of aircraft, Matt. Okay. On there. Yeah, oh yeah, seven three seven dash seven three S. Yes, uh, that's it. Echo Lima uh, dash Sierra. Oh, is it Echo, Lima? Is that sorry? Echo yeah. Lima Sierra. I Echo think is Victor. it, or is it Echo? No, it might be Echo Indigo. Mm. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, Je- uh, Jen is in the USA in Ohio. Ooh. Wow. Oh, what is the time there? It must be. Oh, it must be at least behind so many. Absolutely. So many hours. So yes, here we go. Look, look. So if you are watching on YouTube, uh, you can see. Oh, there we go. Oh. Hang on. Uh, it's, not, it's not focusing. It's not I'm very focusing, sorry. But uh, anyway, it's the top, top, it's of the top, list top of the list there. Anyway, yes, no, so that's a bit of a shock, actually, because as you say, I was convinced they were all Dash 8. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I mean, what, I mean, I mean, being able to, I wonder how much it would cost to hire an entire 737-700 um, with all the business club. I mean, having that seat pitch as well, did you say 46-inch uh, yeah, seat yeah, pitch, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was a 48-inch. Or 48-inch seat pitch, yeah, wow. Yeah, that'd be quite um, comfortable. Yeah, 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 I mean, that would be, <laughs> yeah, I wonder what they'd offer for um, for snacks, um, lukewarm paninis and, um, you know, the usual kind of things and stuff. Yeah, well, um, uh, Micah is saying it's uh, it's it's just gone 20 past nine uh, oh, in yeah. Ohio. Yeah. In, Ohio, in, in Ohio. Ohio. Thank you for that Mike indeed thank you yes anyway oh Jen's put that she's not far from the most excellent Air Force Museum in Dayton Ohio oh well, another one I want to visit God, you really have got to hurry up and win the, the lottery. The joint account is going to get such a hammering this year. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. yeah I'm well, just you glad say, the wife doesn't listen to the show. No, um, it's t- time to win the lottery. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so moving on to our next story yes. uh, on the Travel Mole site, this one. And yep. the headline, United to retire their 747s. Uh, United oh. Airlines in the US are, are going to retire their 747 fleet uh, from scheduled service by the end of 2018, they've announced uh, this week. Uh, to replace the jets, uh, it will be converting 787 orders originally anticipated for delivery in 2020 and beyond into four seven or triple sevens and five uh, 787s for delivery from next year. Uh, these conversions will accommodate the accelerated re- retirement uh, of the 747s while also meeting United's capacity needs, as said. The airline has also ordered uh, 25 more Boeing 737-700s for delivery from the end of 2017. 
the order is in addition to the previously announced order of 4737-700s. And the new uh, Dash 700 aircraft will enable United uh, to continue using larger, more fuel-efficient aircraft as it shrinks its 50-seater regional fleet. Uh, the airline expects to have uh, fewer than 100 aircraft in its 50-seat fleet, uh, 50-seat fleet, by the end of 2019. The next generation of 737-700s provide cabin enhancements, including larger overhead bins that can accommodate uh, additional carry-on bags, said United. Meanwhile, uh, the merged United Continental is facing a challenge to its uh, leadership from the two institutional shareholders who claim the carrier has done little to improve its performance. The investors who together hold 7% of the airline shares want to put uh, forward six new board members for election at the next annual meeting, including former Continental Airlines chief Gordon Bethume. Uh, Bethune ran Continental until 2004 and the airline merged with United in 2010. United announced its chief executive uh, officer, Oscar Munoz, uh, will return to full-time work on Monday after recovering from a heart attack in October. Oh. Uh, so, retiring 747, so, mm. I mean, yeah. it's inevitable. Everyone's talking it about is. it now on all, the, on all the aviation podcasts, the airlines steadily phasing out the mm. 747s. I can't see BA getting rid of theirs, and I know Virgin, as I knew by flying with yep. those last month, Virgin recently updated the interiors in their 747-400s. Yep. BA have got quite a good fleet of 747-400 uh, as well, uh, which are in that magazine you've got there. Mm. Um, uh, yeah. uh, but uh, it's all to do with fuel. There's yeah. four engines, yeah, uh, and there are aircraft that can carry nearly as much or many people as the 74, yeah. uh, but that only have two engines to burn fuel rather than four. Well, Michael was saying the only reason that the Boeing keeps uh, keeps the line open for the 747-8 is to keep the VC-25 contract for Air Force yeah, One. Yeah, because of they, yeah. Uh, Boeing, are making the new Air Force One. They are indeed. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So it's um. Yeah, but again, as, as Tony's quite rightly put, um, they're going to be flying uh, long after we're got we're gone, and and, and also uh, Jennifer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jen. Niffer has, has put, said uh, yeah. that uh, they're they're going to be um, you know they're they're very popular as cargo planes. Oh yeah, so, yeah. I mean, yeah they're, they're, they're not going to be they might not be making them perhaps as readily as they were, and they're going to stop making them. But mm. at the end of the day, I think they're going to be in the sky for years to come. But they they will always be the, uh, the have first their, have jumbo. Their, well, the they're they're always going to be the first yeah. jumbo. But they're always going to have that name, the Queen of the Skies, yeah. because that's what yeah. uh, that's what she is. The seven four seven. Somebody said in the chat room, who's the what's the, what's the king of the skies though? The king of the skies. Yeah, I know. Tricky one, that, isn't it? I don't know. Or is it a bit like cars? Are aeroplanes referred to as, as females mm. a bit like cars are? I don't know. Perhaps there is no Would, king you, would the you say the king of the skies could be the A380? Ooh. The Airbus 380. Ooh, we'll leave it open well, to... Because it's, it's the big beast. The because new, it's the, the huge big, beast. The yeah. we'll, beast. We'll leave yeah. it open to those yes. in the chat room. What, who, who do you think should be the king of the air, as in commercial aircraft, passenger-carrying aircraft. Who, uh, uh, I should just explain. Sorry, Tony. Tony was just saying in the chat room what's funny about Niffa. It was just there because it's Jennifer. We we quite often say so. It's like the Gen Niffa. That's yeah. that's what's making me laugh. I'm not laughing at the name. I should just stress. <laughs> it's getting no. all getting all nervous now. Yeah. <laughs> right. So next uh, story. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, the next story. Next this story is, is all the... yours. Oh, this is a bit. This is a bit uh, worrying. I shouldn't have put this one for Matt. Really, not with his. Um, Oh, great. Oh, I'm delighted. 
Okay. <laughs> I need Captain Al immediately. Right. I need help. I need help. Uh, this is on the Evening Standard. Uh, Standard.co.uk is the website. And the headline, which is just, which is why I'm now busy panicking, it says, EasyJet plane forced to make emergency landing after drunk Brit tries to open the door at 30,000 feet. Hmm. Hmm. Here we go again. So an EasyJet flight to Gatwick was forced to make an emergency landing after a drunk passenger reportedly tried to open a door at 30,000 feet feet. The man, thought to be a Brit in his 30s, allegedly caused mayhem by charging up and down the aisles before attempting to pull open the hatch. The flight from Marrakesh in Morocco was forced to land in Bordeaux, France, where police uh, boarded the plane and uh, they dragged him off. Fellow passengers claim the man had immediately started guzzling spirits from duty-free after boarding the plane on Monday. They said uh, he shoved his girlfriend after she tried to calm him down. Joe Mortel, 26, from Cheltenham, told The Sun uh, he dragged his feet all the way to the police car. Another passenger said he was drinking rum or whiskey. The aircrew took the bottle off him, but it was too late. French police are reportedly investigating the incident which delayed the flight by 90 minutes. An, Air, Air, an EasyJet spokesman said EasyJet can confirm that flight EZY8896 from Marrakesh to London Gatwick on the 7th of March diverted to Bordeaux as a result of a passenger on board behaving in a disruptive manner. The aircraft was met by the police on arrival at Bordeaux and the passenger disembarked. While such incidents are rare, we take them very, very seriously. Uh, we do not tolerate abusive or threatening behaviour on board and always pu- push for prosecution and um, so good, some good. comments in the chat room then and um, well it, it's a few quite a few comments in the chat room actually yep. um, Jennifer or Jen Niffer has put um, I don't think it's even possible to open a door at 30,000 feet very true door aircraft doors as, as most people know uh, or don't know it, they're made as, as a plug design so when the aircraft is pressurized right. yeah the door because if you notice the aircraft doors open yeah well they come in and yeah and move the plug doors, plug doors. Yeah, yeah. yeah plug doors so when the aircraft is pressurized yeah uh you can't just willy-nilly open a door and, mm. and, and open it up it, you, unless you are yeah. well unless you're king kong yeah or <laughs> he-man yeah, or yeah. um some yeah. other uh, marvel character with um powers mm. beyond the world uh, you won't get that door open unless it's on the ground not pressurized it, in, in which, which case, case you can open a door easily, yeah. um well that's good that's so nothing to worry about there um, as I mean, a nervous flyer that actually makes me feel a lot better if it's not possible mm. to do that I must say uh, one of the comments in the chat room going back to our earlier story he was saying that uh, uh, that Captain Nick is the king of the skies and therefore Miami Rick must be the prince, prince. absolutely oh. quite right absolutely and also uh, it, uh, Tony's put uh, Tony S has put it's a shame there are no ejector seats for drunken idiots absolutely that would be a good That'd addition a good to idea. aircraft yeah. Yeah. Or, although you see the same system that I think should be applied to, to my coach when I'm driving school children around in the fact that you know yeah, well a theme park you go to a theme park I'll say Alton Towers because that's the one that mm. everybody knows here in the UK um, but it could be you know I don't know in Orlando Florida or whatever but the thing but you know the, the things when you're on the roller coaster and there's these 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 sort of like barriers that come down and pin you to the seat if I had my way um, that's what coaches would have on so you could pin the people to the seat so they can't move around and on the aeroplane if you had that function where you could isolate a passenger's seat and actually pin him to the seat then it wouldn't be he could you know he could swear and make as much noise as he liked but you wouldn't be causing anyone else any undue distress well I think it was at the last week's show and I, we had a similar kind of story mm, and I said yeah. that there should be a brig 
in yes. an aircraft. <laughs> yeah, I know, the aircraft's brig. Yeah, yeah an ability where well, I suppose you can dump them into the, the hole yeah, underneath, um, maybe. Yeah, yeah. exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, David, David uh, Corson's put, put them in the hold. There should be like a hatch yeah, that the, the cabin crew could lift up yeah. and just sling the people in there. Yeah. I mean, it would be blinking cold. It would. It would be very would. cold in the hold, but uh, Absolutely. there you go. Yeah, well, but then, you know, they, it's, a bit like, uh, it's a bit like prisoners, isn't it, where they've been, uh, where, when they've done something wrong and they're complaining about their human rights. The minute that you broke the rules uh, and were no, you're no longer, as far as I'm concerned, entitled to human rights if, you, if, mm. if it's been proven that you've uh, broken the rules. Frankly, but anyway, that's a topic for another show. Oh, I think yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> it could get a bit involved. Oh dear. Anyway, on to the next story. <laughs> so I'm just reading. Uh, Jen Niff has put love the idea of having a brig. Yes, um, yeah, I think on that's very the, sensible. Yes. Uh, next story on the Travel Mole site and the headline: uh, Thomas Cook cancels summer program to Sharm El Sheikh. Nah. Uh, Thomas Cook has become the latest airline to cancel all flights to Sharm El Sheikh this summer. The airline has said that uh, it's taken the decision uh, as there's been uh, no change to the Foreign and Commonwealth advice with regards to travel uh, to Sharm El Sheikh Airport. In light of this, and given that we have no clear identica- uh, identification as to when uh, the FCO travel office may change, Thomas Cook can confirm that it has taken the decision to cancel all bookings to Sharm El Sheikh up to and including Monday the 31st of October, they've said. It previously cancelled all flights until May the 25th. Uh, last month, EasyJet announced it was cancelling flights to Sharm from uh, Manchester, Luton and Gatwick for the rest of this summer, although it still plans to resume flights from Stansted on the 29th of May, assuming the government gives the go-ahead. Thomas Cook said customers who have already booked trips to, uh, up to October the 31st this year can cancel or amend their holidays to other destinations free of charge, paying only uh, any difference in price. Those who book a new holiday departing before October the 31st will receive a £30 per person discount. Uh, Thomas Cook is already uh, individually contacting customers whose bookings are affected, uh, prioritising those due to travel soonest. It's uh, said staff numbers have been increased in its uh, call centres to deal with uh, the volume of calls and any customers with immediate concerns who are unable to visit uh, one of the shops should call the dedicated customer phone line which is open 24 hours. Uh, it's uh, open and uh, the number is 01733224536. So if you've got any issues at all with your Thomas Cook booking, uh, you can give those guys a call there. Mm. Uh, booking conditions remain as normal for travel after Monday the 31st of October 2016, pending further FCO advice, they have said. So, I mean, this is kind of, we, we've covered this all this mm. kind of last year, don't we, towards the end of last year and this year. It's um, it's such a shame. I mean, I, a shame. We, we went not that long ago. I mean, in fact, I think it was literally, well, not even a year, I think, before it all went a bit crazy. Um, and, um, I mean, it's a lovely, lovely part of the world. I mean, we had an incredible holiday. They were so nice. The staff were really friendly. The hotels are amazing and stuff. It, it is really sad that, that, that uh, people are in this this situation really but um mm. at the end of the day you've got you've got to um you, you've got to wear on the side of caution haven't you yeah you know yeah. And, until they're happy that uh, security has improved well enough for for you know and, and goodness forbids and, and like no repeat of what's what apparently has already happened i mean it's just mm, i don't know there's some rubbish bit of news in the chat room if you want to take that from <gasps> david yeah i do that's an amazing result we'll take a point we'll take a point 
Okay. <laughs> That's all I'm allowed to say. He's giving me evils now. Mm. <laughs> I'm getting quite serious evils. <laughs> Either that or he's glazed over. What's he doing? Yeah, now he's glazed over. Right, okay. Anyway, on to the next story before I'm uh, kicked out of the studio. Uh, and the headline is... Uh, sorry, this is on the Flight Global website. And the headline is, Fuel Price Decline Eases uh, Qatar's uh, Concerns on the A380 Efficiency. Now, ironically, I was reading stories this morning where they reckon the fuel price is about to start going up again. Yeah, fuel's gone up in the UK mm, exactly, uh, for yeah. cars. Yeah. Absolutely, and it won't be long, I dare say, before um, aviation fuel and everything it follows suit. But anyway, uh, Qatar Airways delayed delivery. Qatar. Sorry? Qatar. Qatar. What, what did I say? Don't say th- Qatar. Oh, Qatar. Right, okay. So that's just like something you find in your chest. I know. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, so, so how am I supposed to say it? But tell you what, just do Qatar. it. Do, do Qatar, 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 oh, Qatar. We'll go with Qatar Airways right. delayed deliveries <laughs> of four on-order Airbus A380s out of concern uh, about the economics of operating the double-deck type before the recent fuel price decline. Four A380s, which have been scheduled to join the Gulf Carriers fleet this year and in 2017, were deferred by a year each. The airline's chief executive. Um, uh, said today that the ITB travel fair in in Berlin in Berlin sorry a delay was agreed with Airbus more than two years ago because uh, uh, Qatar has uh, <laughs> has needed to protect itself against high fuel costs. So he explains uh, how adds uh, he adds that the A380 becomes very efficient when the oil is where it is now. Uh, if the oil price stays at around about sixty dollars a barrel, says uh, Al uh, Al Baker, there there may be a possibility of uh, Qatar Airways uh, exercising options for three additional A380s. However, he, he seems the oil price reduction as a double-edged sword for airlines. Low fuel prices serve as a tailwind for carriers to reduce operating costs, but also lead to reduction in premium traffic as uh, companies cut back travel travel costs. He observes. Meanwhile, uh, um, the airline has noticed that air, uh, has noted. Sorry. Meanwhile, the airline has notified Airbus when it wants to receive its remaining on-order A380s and the manufacturer will now start the process of completion for these aircraft. He says uh, Qatar, Ka- Qatar's, Qatar. Qatar has uh, next A380 <laughs> is to be delivered by the end of this year or in early 2017. I knew today's show would be interesting. Y- indeed, yes. So Mike, has, Mike has said it's actually pronounced Qatar. Uh, say that again. Qatar. Qatar. Oh, Qatar. No, I think we should we should have a uh, a yeah. um, po- an aviation podcast vocabulary or pronunciation special. Yes, we should do a, a, a podcast pronunciation <laughs> special aviation show. That'd be yes, good. I think so. Yes, yeah, so get get all those many of the uh, pronunciations. Everyone's saying definitely Qatar. Okay, Qatar. All right, Qatar. 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 Let's Qatar. just say an air, an airline <laughs> that uh, um, is quite nice. Uh, right, okay. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Before I end up in more trouble. I know. God <laughs> blimey. Uh, Flight Global is the uh, source of this story, and the headline, Volo, Volo, Volotia. Volotia? Oh, to here a, we go. Voloti. Voloti. Because it's got T, isn't it? Or is it Tia? Volunteer. Oh, oh no, here we this go. Is a, Where are our experts? We oh, need experts. I love <laughs> Matt. Just research that airline on, on Google. I shall try. Wish me luck. Yeah. Uh, so, Volo, Volotia, Volotia will phase out all its Boeing 717s in favour of a fleet of 30 to 40 used Airbus A319s over the next three years. Uh, Chief Executive Carlos, awesome name. <laughs> 
Munoz said the Spanish headquartered low-cost carrier will replace its 19717s with the mid-aged uh, A319 narrowbodies of uh, 10 to 12 years vintage and uh, typically second lease from uh, large lessers like uh, GCAS and Aerocap. Uh, Munoz was speaking to Flight Global Interludes as uh, Volotia took delivery of their first A319 leased from Aircap. Uh, they describe us, uh, or they describe themselves as a low-cost airline, and therefore simplicity and commonality in the fleet is a big thing. So we will definitely migrate entirely out of the 717 and entirely into the A319 in the next two to three years, says Monons. The 717s will gradually transfer to other operators uh, of the type known sites, uh, Delta Airlines, Hawaiian Airlines and Qantas as examples of these. He adds that the transition will mean that the Volotia, oh, Volotia moves away from its existing relationships with lease, uh, leases uh, such as Falco Regional Aircraft and Boeing Capital. Having taken delivery of their first A319 on the 9th of March, Volotia has to, uh, is to receive a further three before the end of May. Uh, Manoz says the carrier has secured six in total and will source more from Aircap and GCAS over the coming years. These typically will be leased uh, for a duration of six to ten years, he says. The first four A319s will be stationed at uh, Volotia's base in Nantes. Nantes? God, this is a pronunciation <laughs> show today, isn't it? Where it will operate a dual fleet until May, after which, I bet the chat room's going mad, after which all of the airline's 25 routes from the French city will be uh, They're all operated. saying goodbye to Jen, you're all right, it's fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, Jen. You're safe, it's all safe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so the, the four A319s will be in the 150-seat configuration, where the, uh, seven, the 717s are in a 125-seat configuration. Paul's got to go and cut the grass now. Okay, Paul, yeah. enjoy cutting your grass. <laughs> put your eye, put your thing in your ear, whatever you're yeah, using to listen to. Yeah, iPod or something. iPod yeah, or something, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. YouTube. Uh, Volotia is looking at placing. Volotia. Uh, Volotia. Volotia. Volotia yes. is looking at placing incoming A319s at its larger bases, such as Bordeaux, Palermo. Okay. Toulouse and Venice from smaller bases such as Australis and Strasbourg. The airline will continue to deploy 717s where there is a commercial merit for them, Monos says. Flight Global's Fleets Analyzer database shows that the Volotia's 717s variously released from uh, Falco and Boeing Capital, where between uh, where they're between ten and fifteen years old, which is quite quite so Indeed, young actually absolutely. for a seven. So, so a few details of Volotia. Now, obviously, the information is coming from Wikipedia. Okay, so it on. is it is you know open to interpretation, but it is uh, it's Volotia because it is a Spanish airline. It's a Spanish low-cost airline, uh, and it's headquartered in Barcelona, uh, with bases in Spain, Italy, and France. It's got a fleet size of twenty-one aircraft. Uh, flying to 52 destinations across the world. Oh. Indeed. When were they? When were they? Um, uh, 2011. Founded in 2011. Oh, so uh, rel they're relatively they're new. Quite a uh, young one. A yeah, young, a yeah, young, a young airline, aircraft. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, their fleet consists of just two types. They've got the Airbus A319-100, and they've got the Boeing 717-200, as as you discussed there. So, um, but. Uh, so there we are. Just reading Mike's um, comments in there that he's yes. saying that uh, they were talking in uh, APG uh, that uh, that when they finally retire the triple s uh, the uh, triple seven they'll fly the crew back on an MD ninety. It seems those never die. MD nineties yeah. <laughs> MD nineties are a very similar size. Um, well, they are similar aircraft. I think mm. they're the same as the seven one seven. Yeah. But um, I've never flown on that because um, 
um, the MD. I'm trying to think now which airline we had in the UK that flew the MD series. It's gone off the top of my head. No I did remember it just then. Anyway, moving swiftly on. Indeed, yes. Uh, on to the next story, and this is on Flight Global, uh, and the headline is "Loose 787 Cockpit Seat Spurs FAA Replacement Call." Oh dear, a Boeing 787 captain's seat came loose during a landing rollout, prompting the U.S. Federal Aviation Administration to propose requiring operators to replace both crew seats in the cockpit. A notice of proposed rulemaking released on the 7th of March by the FFA would by the FAA, sorry, would require 787 operators to replace each of the $15,141 crew seats within three years. The FAA is giving the 787 operators and the manufacturer six weeks to submit any comments about the proposal before a final rule is issued. Boeing has already advised 787 operators to replace the crew seats in an alert service bulletin issued in December 2014. The FAA rule, if adopted, would make the change mandatory within a three-year window. So Boeing selected UK-based uh, Ipico, or Ipico, not really sure, it's another one of those we're not quite sure how to pronounce it, to supply the crew seats for the 787-8 in 2005. The 787-8 entered service in October 2011 with Al Nippon Airways, but the FAA received a report that a captain's seat moved uncommanded during a landing rollout during a failure in, in the seat a horizontal actuator, the agency says uh, in the 7th of March notice. An investigation determined it was not a fluke event but a flaw in the design. Uh, press fit clutch sorry, press fit clutch pins in the actuator could migrate loose when subjected to repeated dynamic impact loading. The proposed rule says the clutch pins can migrate loose, overturn and force the clutch plate separation, resulting in degraded or failed seat locking. The rule would require operators to inspect the crew seats with 1,000 flight hours if the, proposed, uh, if the proposal takes effect. The seats must be replaced within 72 months after the rule takes effect, according to the notice. The FAA estimates that the cost to replace both seats is a total of $30,282 per aircraft, plus two work hours, costing a total of $170 per 787-8. No comments on the proposed rule have been received by the agency as of the 11th of March. Now that's quite interesting. I wonder if uh, loose seats. Mm. And See, then those the, those the, seats the are electric is, on those, you know. Yes. Well, mm. this is what this is what's happening. Basically, the actuator is the seat is moving on its own because the clutch pins are wearing out. Well, and this is the issue. But surely, if this has been identif identified as a manufacturing fault, presumably the cost should be down to the airline, shouldn't it? And uh, not the airline. Uh, not that the sorry, the the manufacturer. Surely that'd be down to Boeing, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, if the, if it's is, but I don't know whether who manufactures the. It may be a different company that manufactures the seats mm. because obviously, aircraft you know such as Boeing or Air, uh, Airbus they have different parts manufactured yeah. by different um, companies around the world. But it depends who makes the seats for these aircraft. Mm. Um, but for those, those I've yeah. actually when we sat on the flight deck of the A four hundred M at Riyadh last year, mm. and me and Pip were there. And you sit in there, and it is, it's just a little bank of switches, and you press them, and the seat can, it moves sideways and backwards and forwards, and it's um, on a little track, and it's very, very fluid, very, you know, mm. a good, you know, excellent movement. And I must admit, it would be unnerving if you were on, um, you know, on finals or, or, yeah. or taking off for the seat to, 
start to move yeah um, now, well, in a certain the, direction. And this is the issue, isn't it? I mean, there's obviously a, a massive uh, safety issue, isn't there? Mm. But um, yes, anyway, moving on to the next story. And uh, this actually, this airline features very heavily, as I say, we said at the top of the show, very exciting because... Um, uh, a certain uh, Grant and Steve have released an, a new episode, haven't they? Yeah, they've released and an episode regarding the A380 indeed. for this airline. But, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, the uh, the uh, new, the little the the um, the website on breaking travel news. Uh, this one and the headline uh, to uh, Emirates Airlines reveals new triple seven business class seat. Uh, Emirates has unveiled its new business class seat for the Boeing triple seven aircraft at the ITB in Berlin. Uh, that's the International Trade Show, Travel Trade Show in Berlin. Uh, the uh, new seat will make its commercial debut on Emirates's 170th Boeing 777 aircraft, a 300ER uh, version, which the airline expects to receive in November this year. Uh, the current uh, Boeing 777 business class seats are already in an industry-leading premium product, and which uh, and what this new seat does give uh, um, is is take from the design of that comfort uh, to a whole new level. Uh, they gave the seat a fresh and modern look, retained the existing features that the uh, customers love, and added a few more, while improving the seats, uh, seating, and sleeping comfort. Uh, Tim Clark, uh, President Airline, Emirates Airlines, has said, providing customers with the best possible experience has always been uh, at the heart of any new product development with Emirates. Uh, it's evolution as well as revolution, he says. Uh, we're always working towards the next big leap, but at the same time, we continually look at uh, all the little ways we can enhance what we already offer. So for these of you who can afford to, to fly business class with Emirates, yeah. I have, but it was free, so yeah, I, yeah, I, I didn't off, pay yeah. for it. Yeah. Uh, we believe the new business class uh, seats further strengthens the experience and value positions for our premium customers. Uh, they're very excited about the arrival of their um, their first Boeing Triple Seven later this year with the new seats, and like to see would like to see how the customers are going to respond to it. Anyone at Emirates wishing to uh, to in, invite me and Matt to test those <laughs> yeah, absolutely. seats? Absolutely, oh, more than happy. Anyone from Emirates listening yeah. to the show, uh, <laughs> do get in touch with us. Podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. Uh, we'd love to come and test those seats, uh, Emirates, and, and uh, review them on the show. And a full and frank uh, analysis oh, yeah. of our experience, obviously, will be shared. With so them. the design <laughs> and shape of uh, Emirates' new business class seats were in inspired by the interior of a modern sports car. Ooh. Captured in the diamond stitch pattern of a Ew. light grey, full leather covered, ergonomically designed Lovely. headrest and its sleek overall feel. Love it. Designed with enhanced customer comfort in mind, the new seat has a pitch of 72 inches. Wow. And can be electronically moved into a fully lie-flat sleeping position <gasps> at 180 degrees. Lovely. Retaining many of the most popular features of the current business class seats on Emirates, the uh, 777's updated seat layout and additional amenities uh, feature a conveniently located minibar, uh, one of the uh, industry's largest personal, uh, personal TV screens at 23 inches, and the latest touchscreen uh, controller for the seat, an award-winning ICE in-flight entertainment system. Customers will also uh, have a USB port for charging their devices. Lovely. As well as an HDMI port to stream content from their personal devices directly onto their IFE screens, as well as improved lighting options for reading as well as relaxing in their seats. 
Emirates has also redesigned the privacy panel between the seats and the literature pocket footrest shoe and storage, uh, storage area. And they've also expanded the uh, personal meal table as well. Mm. I mean, we've got no pictures of this seat as yet. No, it's but, a shame. Um, hopefully, if we get uh, get to see some photos of these seats, yeah. we'll um, we'll show them to Absolutely. you on, our, on an episode. Uh, uh, <laughs> Jennifer's, uh, Jennifer Parson, Parkinson has put in the chat room um, that uh, she says that I think all of us in the chat room would accept the free seats from Emirates too, I expect. Yeah. yeah, I yeah, can't I imagine why that would be. Yeah, I, there'd be a queue. I think there, there would be a queue. I think we'd all love um, we'd all love some yeah. uh, business class seats. Uh, yeah, with, and with, and um, uh, Michael was saying Emirates uh, makes a more comfortable seat on its triple seven, and uh, United is making them less comfortable um, uh, by uh, going well, ten, ten across, ten across in yeah. economy instead of nine. Oh uh, yeah, I think I heard that story. Mm. Actually, we haven't got it on today, but yeah, I heard that uh, they're adding another seat. In the, really? in, the, in the dimension of the aircraft, Gosh. which obviously squeezes more in. So you get, what, another uh, 10, another, 12? No, we might well, get another 20. That. Yeah, yeah it's more than that. I yeah. forget what it is now, the exact yeah. figures. but it's So how many rows do they have? Um, how many, well, they had, uh, um, I suppose it depends on the configuration. but it's. I think it's... Uh, they, I think they do a 3, a 4, and a 3, if I remember. Right. I can't remember. Okay. Or it might be... Th- might be three, it might be a 3, 3, and 3. Mm. But they're adding another... I think they're adding another seat onto the centre... Section so it'll be three, four, three. Um, <laughs> the aisles will be even smaller as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. what's this? Uh, Tony S. Correct. Looks like the KC one three fives will outlast the KC ten. Yeah. Well, they're just having a little chat. Oh, they're uh, having a uh, chat yeah, between yeah. themselves. Yeah, they're having a chat between themselves uh, <laughs> about those. But uh, yes, uh, we'll um, just leave the chat room to get. Yes, on absolutely. Really, D- David's making comments about us uh, pronouncing things incorrectly. I think, which is which I don't. Which he's, he, I don't blame him for. Now, uh, this <laughs> no, next story. Next story from Matt. Um, yes. It's one of these great stories I love because uh, the Telegraph is. Um, we're not going to put the picture on the screen yet. Yeah. But um, if you read the story, Matt, we'll uh, we'll yeah. make, we'll we'll view the uh, huge faux pas that the Telegraph have made. Oh, really? Carry on. Okay. <laughs> is this is this some kind of test you've now set me? No, no, yeah. no. <laughs> I'll, 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 t- I'll test you at the end. Okay. Of the, I'll test you at the end of the story. The of the if, story. You, if you read okay. it, and we'll see. Um, yeah. Here we go. Right. Okay. So this is on the Telegraph.co.uk, and uh, the headline is "Major Alert at Heathrow After Man Locks Himself in the Jet Cockpit." Cocked, cock pit he says choosing his words very carefully uh, security staff are said to have struggled to reach the man through the bomb proof doors designed to thwart terror attacks a major security alert was declared at Heathrow airport after an intruder boarded an empty airliner and locked himself in the bomb proof cockpit a 38 year old man is to appear in court this week in connection with the incident which took place on Saturday morning the intruder managed to breach security of on the airport perimeter broke through a cordon and climbed aboard the parked British Airways 747 after realising he had been spotted in the cabin of the empty passenger jet the intruder fled to the flight deck and slammed the shut the door the cockpit doors security staff were said to be unable at first to reach him through the impenetrable doors which are designed to protect the pilot and co-pilot should a terrorist attempt to take over the plane mid-flight it was a very difficult and complex situation and in the end the fire brigade had to be called to the plane and carry out a long and very protracted operation to get the cockpit from to get to the into the cockpit from the outside uh, said an unnamed source eventually they managed to gain access to the cockpit and police were able to storm in and arrest the intruder 
the source said that it was a terrifying situation, adding, adding, here is a man who not only has managed to go airside at one of the world's busiest airports, but he has also successfully got into a Boeing 747 jetliner and found it open and was able to climb aboard. That's really worrying, isn't it? Uh, when he got onto the flight deck and barricaded himself in using the plane's own anti-terrorist equipment, police confirmed there had been an incident on a parked aircraft at Heathrow but said that it had not believed to be terrorist-related. Terrorist In a statement, a spokesman for the Metropolitan Police said uh, Louis Pedro Verdashka uh, dos Santos Costa uh, 38 of Stonehill Road at Hounslow, West London, was charged on Saturday the 5th with two counts of unlawfully being airside and of unlawfully being on an aircraft. Mm. Naughty, naughty. Indeed. And not a good thing. Uh, this just proves that uh, the, the security was obviously a bit lax this particular day at Heathrow. Yes, not, not good at all. No, indeed. But, so we're going we're gonna to ask a little question here. For, uh, for, those, uh, for those in the chat room, Matt, yourself. So, Matt, yes. this story okay. was about... Uh, a, a Boeing 747. A, right, okay. okay. So what, what's a Boeing 747? How many engines is a Boeing 747? Uh, well, my understanding, and I don't know a great deal about it, is a 747 usually has four engines. Very good, yeah. Yes. And, and how big is a Boeing 747? It's quite big. It's, it's yes. fairly big. <laughs> it's quite big. Yeah, so, the queen uh, of the skies. The queen yeah. of the skies, as we were now, discussing earlier. So I've just put the picture up uh, I have if to you're say, watching on YouTube. I have to say, this, uh, this particular yeah. uh, Boeing 747 okay. so, here... So the first thing I can say here is that it's clearly only got two engines... That's uh, very correct, yeah. So, uh, now you're going to ask me what the actual aircraft is, and I wouldn't know. I'll give you a clue. Okay. It's not It's not an American-built right. aircraft. Right, okay. So it's, so it's probably an Airbus of some description then. Yeah. Um, and uh, the A319? Do you know what? You are... I'm gonna, I'm, if I had a hat, I'd take yeah. six of them off. <laughs> You're 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 one number a bit too high there. Oh, am I? Oh, you're, you're only one. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but that's no good to me. It's a bit like Ken Bruce's. Um, it's I know. Ken Bruce's. Uh, um, but you, that was very good. <laughs> I'm actually got goosebumps now. I literally I have got goosebumps here. It's, 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 so, it's, so what is it? So it's not a three nineteen. What is it? Uh, well, uh, when I tried to, I tried to scan the actual registration number, yeah. and I think that that came up as a three. I mean, uh, Graham has put on there. Hello, Graham. Uh, a three nineteen. It comes up with a three eighteen. Airbus A three, the smallest one they do. G, so it was G uh, E L M P, uh, isn't it? Is it E L M P? Yeah. I'll, I shall. I shall actually yeah, okay, double well, it's check just, it's while just double we are online. Because it's, it's, it's like, uh, for, the, for those of you listening, uh, I listen to Radio Two quite a lot, and there's a there's a something called uh, Pop Master, it and EU? he gives away one year. One of the questions is always about a a. a, a a, a, a year question about what what is your it songs EUPM? released. Uh, it was I I read it as Echo Lima, uh, uh, Papa Mike, E L P M. E L. He's busy looking up, ladies and gentlemen. We want to be really sure. <laughs> no, it's not E L P M. Is it not? Okay. E U P W or E U P M? E U. I don't know. P M. Hold on. There we go. Not sure the tail looks too small for an A three eighteen, doesn't it? So I'm just looking. I'm just looking. Yeah, on, I was it right. probably Perhaps is. Was. E, actually, you probably were right. Yeah, Perhaps I know. it was a nineteen yeah. after all that. <laughs> so it might not have been we one year out. The picture's not got quite good quality to see. Hold on, E. Oh dear. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. It's fine. <laughs> Okay, I do love dead air, by the way. I know, it's yeah. good. <laughs> no, it is a 319. It is a 319. Yeah, it is okay. uh, very good. Sorry, 319. <laughs> My correction. But getting back to the story yes, in absolutely. hand, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
yeah, getting back to the story in hand, yeah, I, I do, I do love it when uh, when big major tabloids such as the Telegraph yes. uh, use generic pictures yeah. to to explain a story mm. that, that that you know is concerning aircraft. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Uh, I mean, I mean, at least they've got the air, the airline. I suppose they've got. Yes, right. At least it says British yeah, Airways. Yeah, it, it does a British Airways on. <laughs> it's it's a just a completely different manufacturer yeah. and, a, and a completely different aircraft yeah, altogether. Okay. Yeah, and that so annoys me. I'm I'm feeling quite proud of myself, if I'm honest with you, because it's just not only have I managed to successfully identify I that it should have four <laughs> engines and not two. So, right, well, that wasn't that wasn't too painful a test then. Right, so pats that. on the back, please. Yeah, that, uh, via post to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So there next is, story. There on. is hope for me yet, ladies and gentlemen. On uh, oh, and also Tony said uh, the A318 doesn't run out of heat. No, I think that's uh, yeah, Brit- so uh, London must, City. Must London 39, City. Yeah, 319. Yeah. Mind you, no, the, the British Airways A319 goes out of London City. No, I, it's the one that goes the New York route. Oh, I don't well, know. I, I don't I'm, know. I'm pushing my luck now, aren't I? Anyway, the, the, the next. It's been story. so many pronunciation faux pas <laughs> today. It's, it's <laughs> crazy. Anyway, straight on to the next story. This is on Flight Global. Flight Global and Allegiant unveils 22 new routes. Uh, so Las Vegas-based Allegiant Air, woohoo, has unveiled <laughs> another wave of new routes, which will see the carrier adding three new points to its network in the coming months. The ultra-low-cost carrier will begin service to Sonoma County in California in May, followed by Albuquerque in New Mexico and Evansville in Indiana in June. Allegiant will also start non-stop services from uh, Albuquerque to both Austin and Las Vegas and uh, connect Sonoma County with Las Vegas and Phoenix Mesa at uh, Evansville. It will offer flights to Orlando Sanford as well. The airline will also launch 17 other new routes connecting existing points in its Allegiant uh, network, which will operate twice weekly on all new on all the new routes, uh, with a mix of A320 uh, aircraft and Boeing MD-80 aircraft. Allegiant will not uh, face direct competition from most of its new routes, uh, schedules, and Innovata show. It will, however, compete directly against three airlines on service already between Los Angeles and Reno, American Airlines and Southwest Airlines, and also United Airlines as well. Uh, Allegiant will compete against Southwest on services between Albuquerque and Las Vegas, and against Delta Airlines on flights between Los Angeles and Memphis. Uh, the additional addition of the Albuquerque fits with Allegiant's ongoing strategy to expand to U.S. mid-sized cities. The airline's vice president of network and pricing, Lucas Johnson, says the carrier sees an opportunity in offering uh, compete, uh, or competing services between Albuquerque and Las Vegas. Uh, Southwest cut frequencies significantly in the last couple of years, he tells Flight Global. Those of you in the chat room, just while I'm reading... Who uh, has anyone ever flown Allegiant? Let me know what Allegiant are like. We want to know what Allegiant uh, are like. If any of you've flown them in the chat room, so Southwest operates up to four four times daily non-stop services between the two cities schedules in the Innovata uh, the Innovata show. Uh, the number of flights operated by the Dallas-based carrier on the route has fallen by around 25% when compared to 2013. After launch, uh, as for launching services, sorry, between Albuquerque and Austin, Allegiance uh, Johnson says the Texan city is among the uh, t- among the top unserved markets from Albuquerque. Uh, compared with Albuquerque, Sonoma County and Evansville are smaller destinations, and Sonoma County in ca- uh, California's wine country well, that'd be nice to go there is an interesting cit- uh, city to Allegiance. It's a unique city that we are all excited about, says Johnson. 
Allegiant's latest new routes also include four new seasonal services to Destin Fort Walton Beach in Florida, a new destination that Allegiant announced in January. Service to the airport will begin in May, but the airline has already announced additional frequencies on the two Destin Fort Walton routes unveiled in January. Uh, with the latest routes, Allegiant will offer uh, a seasonal service to Destin Fort Walton from six destinations this summer. Matt will put that up on the screen there. There's a shot there of uh, the Allegiant aircraft, and that's actually taking off. Uh, I think that's, that's in an front. amazing background. Yeah, that, I think <laughs> that's uh, that's coming out of Vegas. I think past the New York New York um, strip in Vegas. Right. I think where that is oh. on the strip there. But yeah, there's oh. Allegiant's. Uh, there's their their logo there, Lovely. as you can see. So uh, good news for people who fly mm. with Allegiant. Absolutely. Mike has put that he's not flown with Allegiant, but. Uh, they are being investigated for safety. Okay. Uh, a new story this week and uh, is also known for poor service. They are a low cost based on Las Vegas. Yeah, there we mm. go. So there we go. Yeah, he also he also gives a heads up to uh, the airplane geeks as well because apparently in there uh, uh, with Todd Curtis uh, he talks about aviation media reporting as well, and we we often comment about that don't we mm. where, where how uh, where how poor they are frankly at uh, getting their facts right sometimes they tend to over sensationalize very very simple stories don't they mm. um but um yes anyway on to last the, story the last story uh this is in the commercial section at and this is one of our local airports to where we are here yes absolutely and it's also for us it's a very local rag as well it's ipswich which is just up the road from us and it is the ipswich star so oh, ipswich. david will like this one because right. he's, he's an ipswich supporter <laughs> yeah. oh dear ipswichstar.co.uk so it is stansted airport reports busiest ever February. Uh, Stansted Airport has reported its busiest ever February with more than 1.69 million passengers passing through its terminal building during that month. Wow. The figure represents a 15% increase on the total of just under 1.47 million achieved in February last year and marks a 23rd consecutive month of passenger growth for Stansted. Even adjusting for this year's extra leap day, uh, last month's uh, total beats the, the previous February best recorded in 2007 and the monthly load factor of 84.9%. That's a really high load factor, isn't mm. it? 84.9%, a measure of how many seats uh, are available on the flight that are actually filled it was also a record for the airport in February. Stansted's rolling annual passenger total now stands at more than 22.96 million. That's an 11.5% increase compared with a total of just under 206 for the previous 12 months and the highest achieved by the airport since the year uh, so, so, since the year to August 202008. 20, 2008. Uh, Andrew Harrison, Managing Director at Stansted Airport, said the upward trend in passenger traffic at Stansted continued during the month as we experienced our busiest ever February, the 23rd consecutive month of passenger growth and the highest annual passenger total since August 2008. This strong demand continues to be driven by record numbers of passengers for each flight arriving and departing from Stansted plus airlines increasing capacity on key routes including Berlin, Cologne, Prague and the Scottish cities of Edinburgh and Glasgow. He added Stansted is the UK's fastest growing major airport at the heart of the UK's innovation corridor and we remain focused on providing passengers with even more choice of airlines and destinations to better serve our region's needs. Cargo volumes at Stansted also saw a significant increase last month with the tonnage of 
19,041 being up 9.4% compared with February last year. It's nice to hear a little bit of something about the uh, cargo side of things, actually. You don't really sort of mm. hear much about that, do you? Um, this pushed the rolling annual total to... 240,505 tonnes. That's an increase of 4.5% on the previous 12 months. So it's looking very, very rosy. Happy days for Stansted. Yeah, it's a shame we couldn't get uh, a cheaper flight there this year when we go to Malta in June. But yeah, um, I do. I do. Where are you I flying do. from this year? We're flying from uh, Heathrow this year. Yeah. To uh, Malta with uh, Malta. I think uh, it was Heathrow, yeah. yeah. Um, the well, Heathrow and Gatwick, they just take so long to get to. To get to, yeah. Because it, it doesn't matter which way around the M25 you go, does it? You, just, you mention the word M25 and everyone who lives in this part of the world certainly goes, ugh. I don't, I don't, <laughs> think, I don't think, for me, it's not the, the, it's not the roads, road networks round Gatwick and Heathrow. It's actually the roads that lead from where we live to get to London Gatwick and London Heathrow, which M11 are has made a huge. Poor. The A11 dueling has made mm. such a huge difference. In fact, quite often I go A11 way over <laughs> over other. Oh. Jenny, uh, Jennifer Parkinson in the chat room. She's put that she loves Stansted as well, yep. but uh, she passed through there last week. Uh, all very efficient, uh, but their sandwich prices are too now, high. Now, in my world, that's a very important consideration: is the cost of sandwiches. It has mm, to be said. definitely. Uh, yes, well, you can't maybe. beat airport sandwiches. You can't. No, you no, can't. No. Well, you can. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> you can is the long and the short of it anyway that's where we bring the commercial section to a close we're going to take a very quick break then we've got a little segment from pilot pip uh, and then we've got the military news and some listener feedback so we'll be right back after these very short messages find this and other great shows at the aviation media network the voices in your head dot com The Plane Talking UK podcast is a voluntary project that aims to keep you informed with the latest aviation-related stories from newswires across the globe. Producing our content does cost money, though. If you enjoy our show, why not help us keep on the air by making a donation towards the server and website hosting fees through PayPal? Any contributions would be greatly appreciated. Are you an Amazon user? If so, why not do your shopping through the link on our website? There's no cost to yourself, and Amazon pay us a small referral fee on qualifying purchases. To find out more about the show and to meet the team, take yourself to our website website www.plaintalkinguk.com or find us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk on twitter via at plaintalkinguk or get in touch via email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening aviation media has long been the domain of the newspapers and magazines well not anymore i'm steve visher and I'm Grant McCarran, and we're bringing aviation right into your radio. Yes, we're making aviation cool and interesting for everyone. Hang on, aviation's always been cool. Check this out. How cool is this? Grant, Grant, turn that down. 
Here at Plane Crazy Down Under, we've got pilots, engineers, air traffic controllers, industry leaders, even politicians dropping by to talk to us about the amazing world of aviation right here in Australia and occasionally in New Zealand as well. Wow, that's cooler than I thought, mate. Find us at PlaneCrazyDownUnder.com, on iTunes, or lurking about on other people's podcasts just like this one. We've got crazy accents and lots of great aviation content. And we promise not to talk about the cricket. No, never. Not the cricket. Quack, 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 quack. <laughs> what is cricket anyhow? Something we win a lot. Oh, there oh. we go. <laughs> and we are back. Well, hello. That hello. Was quick. Yes. That was quick. So we have got uh, a segment from Pip, we and we've got a little we've got a little snippet of uh, voice feedback. We have uh, from uh, one of our listeners and one of our very good friends, Mark Maiden. Yep. Uh, and then we've got a bit of air show. Well, we've got the military news as well, but we have got a little bit of air show news yep. as well. Just a few of the air shows that are coming up in the next uh, yeah, month absolutely. in okay. the UK. Yeah, we're, we're going to cover that in more depth, in depth, hopefully in a couple of weeks, because um, uh, we're hoping to have a guest. Uh, on that we can talk to about, about that because obviously it's all a little bit up literally I'll excuse the pun it's all a little bit up in the air isn't it uh, yeah we, we have got a guest uh, coming on the show um, soon who uh, who well who knows everything there is to know about what's uh, been going on yeah, in the UK yeah. with, with regards to air shows and also um, um, you know display, display yeah. and stuff yeah. so so, uh, so stay tuned for that obviously we'll keep you posted uh, when when, when uh, that that official uh, date has been released, but yeah, so we're going to co- we're going to cover the air shows, yeah. but uh, obviously this it's all a bit all a bit nerve wracking because although although several dates have been released, we're not quite sure what's uh, been cancelled. Def- no, yeah. Exactly. So. so who's who's coming on now then? What's up next? Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to uh, welcome on board our resident, uh, well trained. He's toilet trained and everything. It is our resident uh, pilot, and uh, it's time for a little bit of a chat about good old fashioned airplane safety. Plane safety from the flight deck with Pilot Pip. Hi everybody in the Plane Talking UK world. Hope you're all well. It's Pip here with another very, very short segment this week. Uh, last week we looked at some of the lights that we find on aircraft, all the navigation lights and the strobe lights and all that sort of thing. And as promised, I thought I'd just finish that off and look at some of the air traffic control lights that occasionally get used to pass air traffic control instructions in lieu of radio communication. So at some airports, some very small GA-type airports, they may not have radio capability. Or, of course, some GA aircraft, in fact, don't have any radio capability. Gliders, uh, the small LAA home-built-type aircraft... Sometimes it's not necessary, it's not legally required to have a radio and have two-way communications with ATC. And instead what you can do is have ground-to-air lighting signals. And these would also be used in the event of a communications failure if your radio fails. So I'm just going to quickly run through these and finish it off with a quick story. My one and only experience of actually using ground-to-air lighting. So... It works on this. There's three colours that they use. There's a green, a red and a white light. And in combinations of steady or flashing lights, it can mean different things to the pilot. And they also have different meanings depending on whether you're on the ground taxiing around the airport or you're in the air. So let's have a look at them first. Let's look at the green lights first of all. So if you're a pilot taxiing around on the runway and you receive from the tower a steady green light, that means you're cleared for takeoff. If you're flying in the air and you receive a steady 
green light means you're clear to land. A flashing green light, on the other hand, if you're on the ground, means you're clear to start taxiing. And if you're already flying, then a flashing green light means return for landing. And you would expect that to be followed by a steady green light clearing you to land. Then on the red lights, a steady red light if you're on the ground means stop. Pretty obvious. Red means bad, stop. Red for stop. Uh, if you're in the air, a steady red light means give way and continue circling. A flashing red light, on the other hand, if you're on the ground, means taxi clear of the runway. And a flashing red, if you're flying around the circuit, means airport unsafe, do not land. And then you can have a combination of red and green. You can have an alternating red and green light, which has one meaning, regardless of whether you're in the air or on the ground. And that means exercise extreme caution. So that, uh, that could be used for a whole number of different reasons. But if you see a, a alternating red-green means be super careful. And then the other light we have is a white light. So if you're on the ground and you see a flashing white light, it means return to the starting point on the airport. So return back to the apron. And actually the white light doesn't have any use for aircraft flying in the air. Now these light signals, to be honest with you, one of these things you learn when you're first getting your license at PPL, Carlos probably knows all about them, having just sat and passed his communications exam, insert applause here if you will, so I'm sure Carlos is an expert in, in these lights, but actually to be honest, it's one of those things you, you learn and then forget about because it really doesn't get used very often at all. Uh, on modern aircraft. On airliners, certainly we have multiple redundancies when it comes to radio. Uh, we have at least two or three separate radios that we can use to communicate with ATC. Uh, so radio failures are pretty, pretty rare. But the one time I did experience this was back when I was first learning to fly. I was on, I think it was probably my second or maybe my third ever solo flight. So I was very wet and green behind the ears. And I took off and was just meant to be doing a short cross-country navigation exercise. And I don't know how, but I suffered what I assumed to be a radio failure. I lost all communications with ATC. I was trying to call them, but I just couldn't hear them. And I couldn't hear anyone else on the frequency. So I thought I'd had a radio failure. What actually I think had happened was just I just wasn't particularly experienced with the radio set. It was one of these very old, clunky 1960s things with great big chunky buttons and you've got to depress one and unpress the other one to make the whole thing work. It's a little bit complicated and I think I just had some finger trouble and uh, managed to, to screw the whole thing up, to be honest. But what I did, assuming I had a radio failure, was to set the appropriate code on the transponder, on the squawk, which is 7600 which is the code for loss of communications. So if the transponder was working, and there was no reason why it wouldn't be, then ATC would see that and realise that I had a radio failure. And then I returned to the airport, to the airfield, and took up uh, the circuit. I flew around the circuit at a slightly above circuit height, I think something like 1,500 feet as opposed to 1,000 feet. And I was looking outside, looking down at the tower, waiting and expecting to see one of these lights, a green light, clearing me to land. And I don't know what I imagined the light would look like, but I think I had something in my head. I imagined something like the, the huge bat signal, a great big bright light that would be seen for miles around. But it took me three or four circuits, three or four goes around the circuit before I began to see what I thought was the light. And, and really what I was seeing was a very small light. And in fact, what ATC uses is just these little LED lamps, and they're really not very bright at all. So you've got to have quite... A keen eye to spot them. So I was expecting something very bright and obvious, but actually what it was was a very 
dim quite hard to see light so I wasn't a hundred percent sure actually so it took me a few goes round before I was confident that what I was seeing was in fact the ATC ground to air light the green light clearing me to land so I proceeded to land and whilst I was in the circuit I had another fiddle with the radio I pressed some more buttons and, and suddenly the thing sprang into life again which just proves that it was probably just finger trouble on my part and not a radio failure at all anyway I uh, landed and had a little chat with the guy in the in the tower there, and he said, "Yep, that's don't worry about it. That was absolutely the right thing to do to squawk the radio failure code, and obey the ground to air lights, the steady green light clearing me to land." Had he flashed a red light at me, then I don't know what I would have done because a red flashing light means, of course, airport unsafe, do not land. So that would have really been a test for a, a brand new pilot. But luckily, it didn't come to that. Anyhow, very short segment this week. That's ground-to-air lighting. I'll be back hopefully next time with a segment on who knows what, something else. If anyone's got any suggestions, then feel free to email into the boys and I'll certainly entertain any suggestions. Until the next time then, folks, take care and fly safe. See you all again soon. Bye. And a massive thank you to uh, Pip for that, as always. Your segment on lights again and other yeah. squawks and bits and pieces and radio stuff. Cause, I know, yeah, yeah. I did. You know he's, he's quite right. Yes, Carl did pass. Yes, I passed my radio communications written exam this week uh, at my flying school. So that's yeah. a, another one to tick off yeah, <laughs> on the steady long road to <laughs> getting my PPL. And ha- what would happen? So, what's the next step? Uh, I've got my oral communications exam right. next okay. week, which is all about uh, doing the correct um, radio calls and stuff like that, and right. Matt, Matt's penetration yes. and stuff, which sounds a bit weird, but uh, yes, that's uh, military uh, air traffic control zone penetration flying through and stuff like wow. that. Cool. No, mm. That's good. Excellent. And we've also had time to get a cup of tea, we have indeed. which is yes, always yeah, good. Absolutely. Uh, yes, we'll listening to it in the studio while, uh, while... How many exams have I got left to go, Marsha? Uh, mm. oh, God, Several. me. About a million. It's it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a few more. Mm. So I think there's something like seven or eight exams I've got okay. left to do. No, but I mean, well done though, because I mean, I, I know, we, I mean, we were chatting uh, and we covered, we were talking about it last week in last week's show, weren't we? Mm. Uh, you were quite nervous about this one because it was a bit of a head scratcher and yeah. and things. So it's uh, yeah. thank you, Myla. Thank you, Myla. Thank, yeah. thank you very much. But thank a, you, Jenny. But thank a very you. acceptable, thank you, Tony. <laughs> a very very <laughs> acceptable pass rate as well. So well done. So we look forward to an update. Yeah, Mike Ma- has put very right. Yeah, oral communications, Carlos. Guess you better listen yeah yeah <laughs> if it was like if it, if it was if it was a djing exam right you know, okay. how to talk yes. while while doing a doing a disco then right. i'd be fine you'd be all right yes yeah. okay well that's good news okay. um so we have got uh, we've got the military section next and yes. or segment next and after that we're going to play just some uh, voice feedback we had from uh from uh, my God, mine's Mark. gone blank. From Mark Maiden. Oh, yeah. Blimey, it's been a long show. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but we're going to play that, and we've just got a little bit of uh, air, air show news as well that we're going to yep. um, we're going to play. Okay. Yep. And and give you some information. So right, if you're ready, yes, let's, let's do, do, this. do some military let's do some aviation. Military. Yeah, let's.
So the first news story then on the military aviation segment this week on Flight Global site is uh, the headline. The RAAF, or the Royal Australian Air Force, KC-30 to begin P-8A refuelling trials in early 2017. Cool. So the Royal Air Australian Air Force is preparing to add the Boeing PAA Poseidon to its growing list of aircraft that can be refuelled by its Airbus KC-30A multi-role tanker type. Uh, Canberra recently certified its A330-based KC-30 to refuel the Boeing C-17 Globemaster III and the Lockheed Martin F-35 Lightning II and is now pressing forward with P-8A trials. Australia could produce as many as 12 P-8As and has already uh, committed to eight examples with the first delivery expected in 2017. Uh, U.S. Naval Air uh, Systems Command, NAVAIR, will hire Boeing to support the certification effort over 14 flights beginning in 2017, according to a recent uh, contracting notice. Flight testing is scheduled to begin in February 2017, and the expected period performance of the forthcoming contract with Boeing is from November 2016 to June 2017, according to the prosecution notice, which seeks uh, comments by the 10th of March. The RAAF has also been working with the US Air Force to expand the range of aircraft it can uh, refuel from the KC-30s by the fly-by-wire boom refueling system and wing-mounted aerial refueling pods as well. On the 25th of September, the KC-30 became the second foreign-owned tanker to refuel the F-35, following on the heels of Italy's Boeing KC-767. On the 10th of February, an Australian KC-30 passed fuel to a USAF C-17 over Edwards Air Force Base in California. Australia is building its uh, component to seven KC-30 tanker transports, 10 C-17s and eventually 72 F-35As. Wow. Spirit Aerosystems began major assembly of Australia's first 737-800ER-X-based P-8A armed maritime patrol aircraft in November. And in January, the Navy put uh, Boeing on contract for Canberra's second batch of PAAs, bringing the total number uh, RAAF by to eight, with options for another four. And if Matt uh, brings that up there, there's a picture there of... Uh, there we Just go. Just bring it down a little bit. There we go. And there it is refueling the C-17 in air there, which is oh, pretty cool. It just looks so amazing when they do anything like that. I know, that's... It? Because you, 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 that you looks so much like a, just a gen, just an ordinary ordinary jumbo jet, doesn't it? But for me, it? you're used to seeing small, fast jets yes. being refueled in midair, but you not know, big tankers. A huge like tanker yeah. refueling a small little yeah. fast jet. But here you've got you know you've got the tanker uh, refueling the C-17 yeah. uh, in air, two huge, pretty, you know, the S-330 refueling the huge, um, t you know, two aircraft, mm -hmm. you know, which are pretty in close proximity yeah. to each other as well. Yeah, so you cool. Know, so imagine cool. the wash from the engines of the 330 in front there. I but mean, that, that takes some flying. The people involved, I mean, at the end of the day, they are incredibly experienced and skilled pilots, aren't they? Mm. You know, there's no two ways about it. But, uh, yeah, it was a, well, Tony was saying that the KC-30 is a great platform. Uh, it's, so, it's so versatile as well, isn't it? Yeah, and, and Mike has quite rightly pointed out the P-8 is based on the 737. Mm. Really? 
yeah, yeah. it's um that's, like, that's the weird thing because it's still got all the windows and everything in it so it still looks like a, yeah the military like a, ones like a normal just just look like an old, like, like an off the shelf one that passengers would go on to, oh they're, to they're go on fairly holiday. fairly well modified yeah, oh are they mm. okay yeah from the outside it looks looks very very normal but uh, anyway okay on to the next story this is on flight global and the headline is India improves funding for two more uh, now explain to me what this is. Is it II-76? That's the illusion, the IL-76. Right. You know, we covered a story like this last week. Yeah, we I did. I yeah. thought I'd have learned. Wouldn't you? <laughs> but it's, 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 uh, yeah, so India improves funding for two more Illusia 76 AEW aircraft. The Indian government has improved, uh, sorry, has approved the budget for the purchase of two additional airborne early warning, which is what AEW stands for, platforms from uh, Israel, uh, sorry, Israel, Israel Aerospace Industries, AI. Sorry, AIAI. That's a real. My brain can't cope with that. Uh, <laughs> the approval made by the Cabinet Committee on Security, the CCS, provides a special budget for approximately $1.2 billion for the purchase of two Aleutian 76 transports to carry the Israeli made uh, Fal- is it Falcon sensor. That's the big dome, isn't it, that goes on the top? That's it, yeah. yeah. Uh, so India acquired three converted Aleutian 76s into. 2004, which were delivered between 2009 and 2011, and there are and there were contracted options for additional aircraft. According to the Indian sources, New Delhi uh, intends to purchase the additional Aleutian 76s from Uzbekistan. They will be modified uh, in the facilities of the uh, Tashkent ma- mechanical plant in Uzbekistan, in cooperation with uh, the Tangrov, uh, in, co- in cooperation with Bariv in Tangrov, Russia. Uh, IAI's Elta division will install the radar in the IL-76 dome in Israel. Uh, with the other sensors that comprise of the Falcon system. The two additional Falcon AEW systems will include upgraded sensors and will be capable of working seamlessly with the ones installed in three operational aircraft. So I'll just bring that photo up very, very quickly. That is uh, that is what we're talking about. So that's the little aeroplane there, and that's that's that dome, isn't it? That's part of the, the, uh, the AEW system that they install. Uh, on that particular aircraft, it's uh, looks pretty cool. You're used to seeing the AWACS, which is obviously a Boeing, yeah. Boeing product. I remember, so, I remember when we were at the yeah. air show because there was a, there was an example, wasn't there? Um, uh, that was we, the AWACS we saw. Yeah. The, the, the Boeing one. This is obviously the um, the the Russian mm. built Aleutian. But I was just saying, I'm amazed that that dome doesn't make massive differences. <laughs> really unstable. To, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. To the way that the I mean, it must make a huge difference to the way the aircraft flies. We, we've got an extra news story in uh, to come at the end of this, mm-hmm. uh, okay. which if Matt logs into yes, okay. Gmail, yeah, I've okay. sent that All to. Right. To there okay. to bring up on the screen. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we'll move on to the next yeah, you story. Did the next story. If I uh, just move this here like that, we're just going to do a quick bit of moving around. Okay. <laughs> there we go. All right. Okay. And yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Well. So you carry on then, and I shall look that up. Right. So the next story on Intelligent Aerospace website: Bell prepares to build 24 new Marine Corps. AH-1Z attack helicopters in a 55.9 million contract. So, here we go, just received an email. There we go, I'll leave leave that with you, Matt. Yeah, okay. So, uh, Bell Helicopter in Fort Worth, Texas are preparing to build 24 new uh, build AH-1Z Viper attack helicopters and associated uh, helicopters in a contract uh, worth $55.9 million, uh, Navy contract announced last week. Officials of the Naval Air Systems Command are asking Bell uh, Helicopters 
uh, Textron Incorporated company to buy long lead parts and components necessary to build 24 lot 14 AH1Z helicopters as part uh, of the H1 upgrade program. Uh, the AH1Z uh, is a twin engine attack helicopter uh, based on the AH1W Super Cobra. Uh, there we go, <laughs> just passing my phone to Matt. <laughs> Uh, that features a four-blade rotor system, uprated transmission, and new target sighting system. It has upgraded avionics weapons and electro-optical sensors designed to find targets at long ranges and attack them with uh, precision weapons. The Marine Corps uh, H-1 upgrades program uh, is building new helicopters as well as rebuilding legacy AH-1W Super Cobra attack helicopters. The UH-1N twin Huey ut uh, utility helicopters with the state-of-art design uh, interiors are also built uh, for, for the purpose as well. Uh, the program seeks to upgrade AH-1Ws to AH-1Zs and UH-1Ns to UH-1Ys. Uh, long, lead, uh, uh, long lead items involve system components that require the longest time to build which could delay overall system production if money isn't allocated for production in the early process. And Matt's got that story ready. That's yep. good. Yep. Excellent. Well done, me. On this uh, contract, Bell Helicopters will do the work in Fort Worth and Amarillo, Texas, and should be finished by June 2017. And if you want to find out more about that contract and those helicopters, mm. you can on the bellhelicopter.com website. Yep. So a little picture there of uh, of these, the AH-1Z helicopter. There we go. Wow. The Cobra. They look so cool. They do look cool. Very, very similar. When you yep. look at these, very similar mm. um, kind of a kind of thing to the Apaches and stuff. Very, you know, very mm. similar to the Apaches. The Super Cobra uh, looks uh, pretty, uh, pretty menacing, it certainly I will does. say. Uh, anyway, on to the final, uh, the penultimate story, I should say. Uh, of uh, of the military section anyway. Uh, this is on the RAF website and the headline is um, sorry, <laughs> yeah, sorry, it's trying to do too many things at once. Uh, right. uh, the headline is uh, 45 R Squadron celebrates 100 years. So in celebration of their formation of 100 years, uh, in their formation 100 years ago, number 45 Reserve Squadron from the Royal Air Force College Cranwell laid a wreath at the memorial outside HMS Sultan at uh, the site where the squadron was formed on the 1st of March 1916. The ceremony at the HMS Sultan saw the parading of the squadron standard followed by the laying of a wreath by the officer commanding 45 Reserve Squadron Wing Commander David Catlow and officer commanding 45 F Squadron Air Training Corps Flight, Flight Lieutenant Maria Mugridge uh, and a one-minute silence uh, led by Padre Squadron Leader Colin uh, Odell. Whilst the airfield is now a housing estate, the technical site remains MOD property and a small memorial outside the gate, the main gate, uh, commemorates the many forms which uh, early aviation took and the inevitable obstacles which confronted the early pioneers. Wing Commander Catlow said that, they, that it's been a heartwarming and truly humbling experience to take the time to look back on the frustrations and difficulties faced by our predecessors and, how, uh, and, and see 
how we now re reap the rewards of their dedication to the, the Royal Flying Corps military aviation and in particular the mobilization of the flying unit that now as a flying training squadron can proudly instill the Esprit, esprit du Corps uh, to the junior aviators of the Royal Air Force and British Army. Whilst the memorial was taking place a working party at the squadron visited a cemetery in Blythe to tend to the graves of Major John Charles Bradley Firth, MC, a World War One 45 Squadron ace with 11 victories to his name. Major Firth has no known living relatives and died in 1931 at the age of 37. The team from 45 Squadron, Flight Lieutenant Tony Hall, uh, Master Air Crew Jason Brewster, Master Air Crew Ian Marshall and Mr Alex Power were joined by the head of the Blythe Parish Council, Mr. Martin Grocock, uh, who, who were representing the council and the historical side, the society and museum. The service at the graveside was conducted by the Reverend Kate Botley, the local parish vicar and well-known television and radio personality from Gogglebox and the Chris Evans Breakfast Show. Oh, cool. Oh. Uh, absolutely. Just, just looking at a bit of information mm. on, the, uh, on the squadron, the Royal Air Force Squadron yes. uh, 45 squadron. And uh, just wonder what they've done. I, I, one of the squadrons I don't, I've never, yeah, I've don't never know heard of. About, yeah. um, but they are um, multi engine advanced flying training uh, based at RAF Cranwell in the UK here. And they use the Beechcraft King Air B200 aircraft, which is the twin prop. Mm. Uh, one of those I saw at, uh, at the Malta Air, Air Show uh, last year in September. Yeah. Um, but their squadron badge has a winged camel mm. as, their, uh, as their logo on their badge. So there we go. <laughs> so we have got one last story. It's not really a military story, but no. it's one story that everyone's talking about in the chat room at the yep. moment. Um, oh, wow. It's a story that's just uh, recently come online mm. in the last sort of few hours. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, it's regarding, actually, uh, Iron Maiden's Ed Force One. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Ed Force One, the, as for those of you who have been following uh, on the internet, Ed Force One is now not a 757, it's a uh, 7, uh, sorry, it's not a 757, it's a 747, yep. uh, leased um, from uh, from another company. But anyway, uh, Ed Force One has been badly damaged in uh, Chile. Uh, the story, so, is uh, Ed Force One has been badly damaged <gasps> on the ground uh, in Chile, and um, the uh, the concerts are expected to go ahead as planned. Um, but Ed Force One was this morning tethered to a tow truck to be taken for refueling prior, um, before flying prior to over the Andes to Cordoba for the next show. On moving the steering pin that is part of the mechanism that connects the ground tug to the aircraft seemingly fell out. On making a turn, the aircraft had no steering and collided with the ground tug badly damaging the undercarriage and two of the aircraft's engines and injuring uh, two ground tug operators, both of whom have been taken to hospital. And uh, we, of course, hope they make a full recovery. Uh, just reading through here, the, uh, the flight engineers are on the site and evaluating the damage, but their initial report is that the engines have suffered large damage and will require extended periods of maintenance and possibly two new engines. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're oh, currently yes. making contingency arrangements to get the uh, get to the show in Cordoba tomorrow with the band and crew and equipment intact. Uh, fortunately, the 20 tons of equipment had not been loaded onto Ed Force One at the time of the accident. Although this is tragic for our beautiful aircraft, we don't expect this to affect the concert schedules, uh, including the next two shows in Cordoba and Buenos Aires. 
and uh, they hope to find a new Ed Force One to continue the adventure <laughs> uh, in the fut- for the future. Um, they'll keep everyone updated and uh, keep checking on uh, the site we're looking at here, for, uh, for which is imaiden.com, mm. uh, for more news. Wow! Let's so we're just going to put photos. a few of the pictures. Yeah, uh, we'll yeah. So if you're watching on YouTube, uh, if you want to look at these, or, or as I say, you can either look it up. It's imaiden.com forward slash news forward slash article forward slash Ed Force One damaged. Um, as I say, or so if you're watching, you're watching on YouTube, on YouTube uh, well, you can see it now. Here we go. These are the pictures. So that 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 there's basically the, the two pictures here involving the engines um, and uh, I, I think it's fairly safe to say that that's quite uh, conclusive that is damage fairly fairly <laughs> bad damage that is quite bad damage to the engine the cell mm. that is uh, for sure um, just moving down just slightly to the next picture yeah. there uh, underneath in the cell there I mean you can see but surely this will be down to the down to the airport that was you know the insurance must cover something like yeah this, surely. I mean, I mean I mean, obviously, the aircraft isn't, <coughs> is not going to fly with the engines like that. No, of course. Um, and looking myself, I'm not an aircraft engineer or, or, or a mechanic, mm. but I'm guessing that they will probably have to be either replaced, replaced or uh, you know, seriously, um, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> made good in some way, which is a terrible shame because yeah. as, as uh, those of you who follow the stories will know, the um, aircraft obviously yeah. is, on lo- is on loan. And um, was specially painted, obviously, with yeah. the Ed Force One yeah. logos and stuff. He? And he flies it, And he flies it, yeah. And Dick, uh, let's get his name now, Dickinson. Um, mm. um, well, Bruce Dickinson yeah. flies it, and uh, he's obviously a pilot as well. And he'd done special training as well to fly the 747. Right. Um, Did his type rating. The, the type rating, <laughs> his type rating, yes. Very good, Matt. Very good. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, yeah. So, yeah, sad news there. Hopefully, uh, obviously, the show yeah. will go on, um, but uh, it's always sad to see. Uh, such a wonderful aircraft, mm. um, you know, which was looking quite nice, mm. is uh, is badly damaged. Yeah, so a couple of go. things from the chat room there. It was uh, uh, Michael was saying that uh, the, the the tug driver must have been a groupie trying to rush the stage. <laughs> <laughs> and Tony got quite a good point here. I'm surprised that someone uh, someone should have been on board. Um, with you the know, to, to yeah, play the very true, very true. Absolutely. So quite what uh, what Sorry. what had occurred Sorry. from there, Sorry. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, very very strange. But. Um, there we are. So we have got uh, a small piece of mm. voice feedback to we play. Have. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, from Mark Maiden. Uh, yep. For those of you who don't know, Mark Maiden has uh, he has his own podcast. He does uh, called the Maiden Flight Podcast, um, which you can find on iTunes. He's mm-hmm. not released a show for some time. No, no. But we have had him on uh, the show, and we we yep. have got uh, we're in talks with Mark to have him back on the we show yep. at some point very soon. Can't wait. But we have got some uh, feedback uh, sent in from Mark, and we're going to play that for you right now. Hello, Carlos and Matt. This is Mark Maiden here, and I just wanted to wish you a huge congratulations on your 103rd episode. 103rd? Oh, no, I missed a 100 episode. So sorry, guys. I was, I've been so busy recently, and I haven't been able to catch up with my podcasts, and I looked at my podcatcher, and there you just done your 100th episode, and I missed it. So just wanted to say, well done, guys. Congratulations on that. That's such a huge achievement. It's so difficult to keep something like that going on a regular basis, and you've just done a fantastic job. So just wanted to say, well done, keep up the good work, and you know, who knows, I might get to send you a message on your 206th episode. Anyway, all the best, guys. See you now. Bye. 
Ah, uh, thanks for that, Mark. Oh, Thank you for that. Yeah, <laughs> we, absolutely. Oh, I love his accent. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's so good. I could listen for that for weeks. Oh, I bet. Weeks I and bet. Weeks and weeks. But we're hoping to get him on the show again very, very soon. Hopefully, in the next few weeks. Yeah, um, you can. So. Uh, you can find Mark if you go over to uh, to iTunes. Obviously, mm. search Maiden Flight Podcast, yep. as in Maiden M A I D E N, and. Uh, you can go on his website as well. It's uh, maidenflightpodcast.com and you'll find out some... Uh, he's released um, last year some really awesome episodes um, mm. which he talks about flying and uh, obviously because he flies himself. So, yeah, he does. Uh, that's absolutely. pretty cool. Yeah. So go on and have a look. Yeah, absolutely. And don't forget, you can also uh, catch up with Pip, Pilot Pip, over at the Plane Safety Podcast on iTunes and also at uh, com over on his website and don't forget Pip is running the London Marathon this yes. year yes he is um, he's, uh, he's, he was actually quite impressed with our idea of him uh, doing a, a live segment <laughs> yeah. from, uh, from, the, uh, from the actual uh, race yep. um, um, whether he'd be able to do video as well that no, might be a bit no, difficult we, we, to do we're video. not going to try and do video <laughs> but, but we, we think we found a way where we can, where we can uh, do it within the show so it's, uh, it'll be voice only um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, but we, we will get we'll we'll get Pip. Yeah. Hopefully we'll we'll be we'll, so we'll try and schedule the show. It'll be so on the Pip Sunday. Is, yep. uh, Pip is doing yeah. We'll, so Pip is doing yeah. the show well there, so it'll be pretty cool. Very much so. Yeah. So we have got uh, a little bit of uh, of uh, air show news there uh, to close the show with. Um, so we're just going to cover it. Uh, for the month of April, I think it's safe to say that there is a strong possibility that this may change. Yeah, <laughs> those of you in the chat room and who those you're listening to the show as well, downloaded audio version, will know that uh, in the UK we are having slight issues with air shows and um, the uh, various authorities who are um, doing various things to make it extremely hard for the smaller air shows to survive this year due to costs and stuff. Um, we hope to have someone on the show very soon to uh, to sort of go in a bit go more depth more detail, to what exactly yeah. is happening and uh, who is also a display pilot, so that would be quite cool. Yes. Um, so uh, starting off then uh, in April, which uh, is very, very fastly uh, coming mm, up yeah, towards us now, weeks, April. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so start off on April end, uh, the Saturday, the 9th of April, at the Aranoka Cotswold Picnic mm-hmm. at Oaksey Park Airfield in Wiltshire. And uh, this one uh, is... Uh, uh, 23 years uh, after their their first successful event, so it's quite a, a well-established show. Uh, but you can bring a picnic there, and uh, yeah, that's on the 9th of April. Indeed, uh, Sunday the 17th, uh, you'll find that uh, is the Wings and Wheels 2016. That's at Old Buckingham Airfield Ooh, in Norfolk. Us. It's very near us. We ought to go to that, really. And we're inviting owners of classic cars and aircraft to display their machines at our very uh, the, at our ever popular spring celebration of internal combustion. Classic car owners with their machines benefit from free entry and a slot in the display. We'll have a variety of food on offer from Jimmy's Cap. Oh. Oh, Jimmy's cab. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the new, uh, the the new 453rd bomb- bombardment group museum will be open all day too. So the gates open at 10 a.m. and the show closes at four. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be one of the shows I haven't been to yet, which is good to yeah, see. We it's on our do doorstep. Yeah, it's it is. Doorstep. We, we ought to try and do a show from there. We should do. Yeah. So next one is on Saturday, the 30th of April, and this one is the ladies flying. Mm-hmm. And this is at Bodmin Airfield in Cornwall cool. in the UK. Lovely. It's Lovely part of the world. I know. Bod, uh, Bodmin Airfield uh, presents the Ladies Fly-In. Uh, on the special day, they invite all ladies uh, to the airfield, whether they're aviators or not. And you can enjoy the uh, thrills of uh, all the aircraft and... Uh, 
participating in the day mm. and um or you can also uh, look into possibly taking up a career in flying mm. yourself uh, as uh, one of the awesome uh, female pilots yeah, so that'd be quite absolutely. cool the, the next one's the saturday the 30th of april which is the last one we'll cover obviously we're just doing april this month uh, but that is uh, that is the bronco fan day uk and that's at cotswold airport in kemble uh, in gloucestershire uh, and uh, that is a chance to see the bronco demo team's aircraft up close and meet the team so that's quite cool if you're a who i'm not sure they're, they're what, what sort of planes do they fly the bronco day founder you have to look on there mm. we'll have a, Matt's yeah, have have a, quick have a quick look at the website um, but uh, yeah it sounds a fascinating fascinating day uh, so somebody explain to me what those are Wow, that's uh, that's. that's uh, I'm sure that's. Uh, I'm just going to bring that up because that's an amazing that picture. Amazing okay, this is on their yeah. website actually. This is Bron. This is Bronco Demo Team. Ov Ov Ten B Bronco right. enthusiast. Okay, that's, that's an cool. aircraft I've not, uh, yeah, not seen before. That's pretty cool. That is a very cool thing. That is very very cool. Anyway, that's uh, they're uh, they're going to be at the air show in April, uh, on April the thirtieth, and that's at the Cotswolds Airport in Kemble. So the last one in April then on Saturday the 30th and Sunday the 1st of ah, yes. May. So the 30th of April and the 1st of May. Uh, this is the Atomic Vin uh, Vintage Festival. Yep. And this is at Cywell Aerodrome in Northamptonshire. And Ooh, I'm going uh, there tomorrow. Oh, are you? Uh, not nice. the air show, but... Okay. Uh, so uh, the uh, two incredible days packed with uh, 1950s rock and roll music, dancing, really? late bars, uh, vintage stalls, flea market, great food, all served from vintage vans. And non-stop fun action and uh, mid-century style. And there'll be loads of people there in traditional stuff, playing music bands and, and singing and dancing, cars, older cars and stuff. Uh, with an awesome atmosphere and uh, with uh, the occasional aircraft thrown in for good measure. Mm. So uh, that's on Saturday the 30th of April and 1st of May. Excellent. Now, are we allowed to mention who we've hopefully got coming on no. next week? We're not. Okay. No. Right. We have okay. got, we have hopefully, fingers crossed, got uh, a guest. Oh, Matt's showing something. Yes, I did see that oh, one. Oh, right. Okay. I was just checking. That's we, uh, we have got a guest uh, lined <laughs> up yes, for next, okay. uh, next Saturday's show. Uh, we will let you know probably as as midweek because yeah. uh, we want to make sure and confirm that uh, this right. particular yeah. particular pilot is going to be 100% yes, uh, on board for next yeah. Saturday. He's, uh, he's assured as he will be, yeah. um, but we'll let you know who that is. And then you can all yeah. barrage us with your questions Absolutely. because I'm sure there'll be some questions to ask this particular and what pilot. And what we'd like you to do also, please, is we'd like you to send us those questions using the hashtag... PTUK, all right, and then we can actually uh, show them up on the screen as well. But uh, yeah, so exciting news, hopefully, uh, which will release in the middle of the week when it's all being confirmed. Carl has obviously got something else that's. Uh, yeah, I just uh, I did ask in the chat room to see uh, who was going to uh, come and see us at Farnborough, mm. and um, we're just scrolling down. Uh, Myla's, uh, she'd love to come and uh, visit us at Farnborough. Well, yep. I hope you can come over, Myla. Um, Tony S. Tony's put actually the rear is the the weekend before, which it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, That's what's causing me a problem. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, it's it's the best, well, they're both they're both good. Um, I mean, um, Riat has got definitely got more aircraft on show. I think for sure. Yeah. Um, let's just have a look here. Marsha's hoping to be there. Hopefully, Marsha can be there. We can meet you. Finally, meet you. Uh, David's going to be there. David Corson, yeah. who was, of course, at our 100th show at yep. the Aviation Museum. Uh, we'll see, see David again. Oh, Jen, um, Jenny's made me laugh. 
says uh, Jenny Parkinson says I, I'd I, uh, ooh, hang on it moved sorry she said I would love to come to the unpronounceable show but uh, I have to work that weekend <laughs> yes you can all come to Farnborough Farnborough yes, Farnborough absolutely let's stop being horrible now um, <laughs> Philip Davis hopes to be at yep. Farnborough as well so I hope yep. to see you there Philip yeah going to be good um, we're hopefully going to do a live show from there as well so so it should be good Oh, there we go. I'm just reading for the chat room. Yes, yeah, as indeed. we do. Good. So that is about that is, it, yeah, really, it is, yeah, for episode we 103. We hope you've all enjoyed the show. Yeah. Uh, for those of you in the chat room, and uh, yeah, we hope you've enjoyed all the uh, different uh, all the uh, pronunciations that we've uh, <laughs> yeah. not got correct today. We've, we've absolutely got horribly wrong. To get in touch with the show, uh, you can yeah, do that. How by can the people get in touch? Many, many to ways send to do us that. It all is that feedback. All that feedback. Okay. The website it is uh, it is www.plaintalkinguk.com. The uh, uh, email address is podcast at plaintalkinguk. Facebook it's facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk, and our Twitter handle is at Plain Talking UK. Oh, youtube.com forward slash Plain Talking UK. There you go. Forward slash live if you want to watch it live, or just as I say, Plain Talking UK is our handle on there if you want to watch any of the shows uh, with its visual element to it. Oh, and we will be back next Saturday. Saturday. Hopefully, yes. Uh, with a guest. Yep. Uh, times to be confirmed. Yes. Um, but we will be back next Saturday with a show, yep. and uh, we're going to have a guest on, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, I'm really so. looking forward yeah. to that. But so that's where keep we your eyes open on Twitter and Facebook. We'll yep. put the links. We'll post on that star. information as soon as we we have it all confirmed. So that's where we bring episode number one hundred and three to a close. I'm not going to say hello. I'm not going to say um, thank you or to mention everyone in the chat room because there's, there's too there's many. So people many here. people we're going to miss someone out. We'll yes. miss someone out, and we'll pronounce the names <laughs> yeah, wrong anyway. Absolutely, yeah, which is so what we do. Yeah. What we're going to say is uh, thank you to. Everyone, everyone yeah, in the chat room the for chat joining room. us today. Yeah, yeah, it's been a great show as always, and it's your input that makes it that oh, little bit special. So thanks I know. very much. Thank for your... We really do appreciate everyone's uh, input in the chat room every week. Anyway, it's like nine minutes, and I've got some rugby to watch. So, oh, God, blimey. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. So, annoyed. Yeah, indeed, absolutely. So, uh, yeah. from all of us here in the studio, it is a very, very happy, happy rest of Saturday. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.